0: Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will be interviewing very worshipful brother Clayton Levine on his thoughts, on our thoughts, on observing the craft.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all. Welcome to The Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com.
0: Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have our our four usual hosts: Very Worshipful Brother David Colbeth from King Solomon Number 60 in Auburn, Washington; Worshipful Brother Jared Dunham from Penticton 147 in Penticton, BC; Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles 14, 153, excuse me, in lovely Kelowna, British Columbia. And I'm Matt Apple. I'm a member of Mill Creek 243, and we meet in Montlake Terrace, Washington. And we have a special guest with us today: Very Worshipful Brother Clayton Levine, who is the assistant grand secretary and a member of Tenino number. I've already forgotten the number 67. 86. 86. Sorry. Uh, Tonight number 86 here in, in Washington. And uh, so we had our, we finished up our internal sort of discussion on the, our thoughts on the observing the craft book. And we got our, uh, as we always say at the end of the episode, we're happy to hear from our listeners and see if anyone has any way that uh, how to say, how to say this, that, we may have aired once or twice it's i'm sure it's happened I, I can't think of ever an instance but i'm sure it's happened at least once and uh and so clayton uh replied to our our plea for input and uh had some thoughts on our commentary so i guess i sort of want to start clayton a welcome to the show and to um sort of what's what's the background you i know you obviously you listen to the show do you what's your what is your interaction with it, I guess is the question.
2: Okay, so I um I commute one hour to work, you know, it's a two-hour round trip. And so rather than just listening to just random stuff or uh, talk shows and stuff, what I do is I take your uh, podcast and I download it and then I put it on my phone and then I listen to it during the commute. That way it's something constructive. So as I'm doing this, you know, I'm listening to you you guys' commentaries, your opinions, stuff like that. Uh, but this one, um, I it got to the point to where I can actually remember where I was on the Rainier Re- Road on my way home when some of the things were coming up there to where it was this. It didn't really anger me as much as it was just, it was like, you know, I have a different take on the situation. Um, you know. Um, so therefore, I listened to it the rest of the way until I got back home. And then I just started thinking about it, and then I thought, well, how do I make a comment on this? So I was going through the different routes, and I was trying to find out what the uh, which way to comment. And I just said, out oh, of heck with it, I'm just going to email Dave. And so I fired off this email that I really didn't intend for him to share with the rest of you guys, but he did. Sorry. sorry. Um, and so I'm sitting there, and I saw the response, and I saw you guys' email addresses. I'm going, oh no. <laughs> so i thought okay i'm probably going to hear about this from matt and i know i'm going to hear about it from dave and so i didn't know where i was going to go and and then so i just got invited onto the show here very recently and so uh here i am
0: oh well thanks for coming i i will say you now paid us the the greatest compliment that i've heard about the show so far is and which is constructive that's that i I'll, i will write that down and usually it's who listens to this dreck and oh my gosh, this is terrible. Constructed is awesome.
3: (laughs) And and Matt, I took that as as a compliment too, but a more more, uh, important comment and and compliment is that he downloads it and Mm -hmm. carries it with him. I love it. Uh, uh, That's awesome. Nice to hear. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so you get it through an audio, one of the audio channels, right?
3: Right. So there's, there's
2: numerous options, just like what David had mentioned. So, you know, you got like Stitcher, um, I would agree for Apple uh, and stuff like that. So I downloaded off a of Podtail.
1: Yeah, very cool. So he hasn't actually have seen us do the show necessarily. He knows what we look like. We did, probably didn't really know what you guys look like, other than the thumbnails. But uh so this is a, really the first visual of how it all works. But yeah, just so just a zoom, just a zoom, get together and hang out and chat. Real simple. Yeah.
3: Well, we do really appreciate the interaction, appreciate the interaction, and the, and the constructive feedback was awesome. I, I read the email, and uh, I was like, "Hey, this this guy's been around. He understands what he's talking about. He he paid attention to what we were saying, and and um, you know, he's pretty much banged on uh, when on your opinion of uh, masonry over the uh, over the latter years. That's for sure. Thank you. In my opinion, too.
1: Yeah, the so only guess- thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. The only thing I was going to say is that in the, our, our, you know, the uh, the conversation or the the message was about, just to kind of give you a synopsis. Those that are, haven't seen it, of course, or haven't heard about it, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Clayton, is that, mm-hmm. the first part of it was kind of, well, the concordant groups, especially the Scottish Right and the York Right, are meant to be the universities of masonry or the higher learning of masonry. And so, as you described it, the entered apprentice might be a elementary school, the fellow craft, maybe the middle school and the master mason, a high school. And then the higher education would be, the postgraduate education would be Scottish Rite or York Rite or something like that. One one idea. Mm-hmm. And that the concordant groups play a significant role in a mason's development as a mason. And can correct me if I'm wrong, feel free to jump in. Uh, and, and I think that, according to Hammer's comments, it's really kind of the opposite. He really thinks the Concordant Group should go away. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing a nod from Jared, but I think that's his agreement. <laughs> oh, I got a smile. Okay, I must be on the right way. Right. <laughs> uh, usually, I'll get a nod from what you know from the guys. Okay, over on the right track here. But and so. I do find it interesting how you talked about the shrine being, you know, and you use a lot of school analogies here and that, but the shrine being the sports program. And I thought, oh, that's a unique way to look at it. I never thought about, you know, they always say that the shrine of the playboys a masonry and they have a lot of fun and they party and whatever. But in this analogy, it's the sports program, the one that is the face of the school that people donate money to. And, and I, I get that the football team, you have a homecoming parade for the football team. You don't have a homecoming parade for the science
4: team. Right. Generally. Or well, maybe Georgia. down there <laughs> you guys are you guys are weird in the states about how fond you are of football right
2: right but it is true that you know that is the face you know, like for example down where uh, matt and dave and i live so you mentioned the university of washington do you think of the medical program do you think of the science programs do you think of postgrad no you think of the huskies Really? oh yeah you dub the huskies football team that's that is what it is woof woof you know and that stuff so it is kind of the face and that's just one of hundreds of examples
4: so down there
2: okay <laughs> well oh, no. there you sports go. teams
4: up, up here in canada it's it's totally different our sports teams are not the focus of our universities so you don't have a in, in fact you, you would have a hard time quite a quite you'd have a hard time finding quite a lot of people at universities to even know what the name of their team is
3: I have the the University of British Columbia Okanagan up here and got the Okanagan College in several campuses. I couldn't tell you the name of any of their sport teams. The only one I do hear of is uh the Okanagan Sun, but that's the that's, that's about it.
4: But that's an out, that's an actual team.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, not not related to any schools. Yeah. But right? once again we digress. Yes, I was gonna
4: so, say, Dr. I'm learning
2: something here, but that's cool.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it was interesting your your analogy of this, uh, you know, breaking it into a school system and whatnot. I, I don't know, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought, well, uh, after contemplating it for a bit, I thought, well, no, really, most of all of the teachings should really be in Blue Lodge. And, um, you know we could we could probably pick the brain of uh, Jared with respect to the York and Scottish right um and all their degrees afterwards more and their purposes but I uh I kind of think most of our teachings really are in in the first three degrees and uh, it, but I did like the analogies
1: yeah I one of my frustrating things about some of the especially the York card guys in our lodge, when they, well, there's one in particular and he, he will constantly say, well, if you really want to know the secret, you know, come to, come to us. And I think, shouldn't you be the one giving us the teachings? If you have all this knowledge, shouldn't you be the ones coming into the Boo Lodge and really teaching us? And because in theory, there's not supposed to be anything we can't learn. And when I mentioned that one day, he said, Oh no, there's things that we can't teach you. I thought, well, then what are you? I mean, we're, we're supposed right. to be master masons. We're supposed to know, be able to know everything. And so, well, and if nothing else, why not come in and get us interested? You know, come and right. teach us something that tantalizes us and gets us to want more.
2: Well, what really started for me about the idea of the, uh, the school analogy was that the Scottish Rite was always fancying themselves as the university of Freemasonry. Oh, we're the university. We're the highest. We're the guys who are doing all the studies and all the papers and all this stuff like that. And so that's kind of where I led this whole school analogy from that, you know, there is a school we're all, we're all learning something. And, and like what, like what Steve was saying that, you know, you can learn the bulk of the stuff you're going to learn in the, in the craft degrees, just like most of the basic stuff you're going to learn in, in your everyday life, you know, how how to count, how to hold a job, how to, how to speak and all this stuff. Is covered in your basic school system. So by the time you have a high school diploma, you should be able to get out there, start a family, hold a job, do all this kind of stuff. So you don't really need to attend or be a member of Concordant Bodies any more than you really need to have any extended education. You want to, that's great, but you don't necessarily have to. You can hold a job and become a productive member of society. So.
3: You so guys must it. have a totally different school system down there because, you know, we, we, they <laughs> went to this kid's school and I was like, well, what about, you know, teaching them how to write, teaching them how, you know, all these other things and all these basic fundamentals to life. And they all oh, no, they can ask Google that.
2: Well, I was kind but, of doing some old school thinking from like you know because you know I'm about Dave and Matt's age. You know, I grew up in the '80s, and we still did the reading, writing, arithmetic without a Google
3: kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and part of the the thing about the education factor really is is making the time to analyze the lessons in each of the degrees, the lectures, the pieces, the components, and and uh, really delving into it right um and that really takes a good education officer from a lodge to to kind of help prod that along i think yeah Dave. i
1: say as if i magic steve's our education officer for his lodge (laughs) okay
3: yeah i am uh and for the district and so i've actually been taking pieces of the three degrees with me uh, and prepared to to present any one of them at uh, the functions I'm, I'm going to, because really that's what I think is missing is, you know, nobody's taking the time to do that education, you know, and uh, though we say that, you know, it's there for them to learn, if nobody points them in the right direction um, and helps them, you know, find their way to the information, um, they're not going to, they're, they're never going to find it. Right. And so I figure, give them a little push that in that way. Right. You know, the, and, but you, you're right. There are lots of guys who say, well, going to the York right or the Scottish, right. And you know, there's so much more to learn there. Well, it's different stuff, mm-hmm. right. It, it's, it's different. And so, you know, that's my effort to, uh, um, try to bring into the focus back to the education on the first three degrees. Yeah. My,
4: my biggest pet peeve with all of the concordant bodies is that they seem to fail, to fail to recognize the supremacy of the prof degrees. And the analogy, unfortunately, that you used of using that they're in universities uh, implies that the degrees in the concordant bodies are superior to and not just other than. And it's, it's what normally, because it, it and it's been my experience, and that is how a lot of Masons view them, is that, oh, I have 32nd degree Scottish Rite, or I'm, I can't remember the, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but we're all Master Masons, and there ain't anything greater than that. Templar, yeah.
1: Yeah, when you, when a family member talks about their history, or their family history, the their grandpa, or whatever, they don't say he was a Master Mason, that's not the big thing. It's, oh, he was a 32nd degree, that's or so- 33rd degree. Yeah whatever which knights command knights you know knights templar
4: yeah and
1: okay so
2: for me okay i see what, now so i don't really back to this analogy about you know real life analogy that there's some people that may say that a college educated person is a uh, superior or higher knowledge than, than a high school graduate or somebody who's been through a few trades but in the end you know we're all citizens we all vote we all have you know we may it's different it's like what Steve said. It's it's different. You know, you have a different kind of set of knowledge, different kind of focus on some things. I suppose now some people may think that way. I will I will have to concede that point. I'm not one of them, but I see where you're coming from in that regard. And I think that's another one that kind of makes those concordant bodies a distraction. Kind of goes back to what David was saying, uh, concerning, hey, you know, we join us. We have something that you don't know, but you have to join us to find out. Well, it's the incorrect approach. You know, everything that, you know, I've learned, I try to use it as a resource to help, you know, the, to assist these new guys. And that's, you know, where I'm accruing knowledge. That way I can, you know, assist other guys, new new masons at the Blue Lodge level, not necessarily at a concordant body level. It's at the Blue Lodge level, back, back to the basic kind of stuff that Steve was talking about. But that's 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 my angle on it. Um, you know, but, you know, the majority may be in the case of what Jared's talking about, unfortunately.
3: And so when we talk about, you know, the, the basics in the Blue Lodge level, um, you know, speaking of the book that we were um, reviewing there, what's Stop your calling thought it the on basics. that? What's that? Stop calling it
4: the basics. It is <laughs> it Freemasonry. Is. It's not the basics. Sorry. It is Freemasonry. My, wow. ap-
3: my, my, my bad terminology there. So where I was going with that, though, is What are your thoughts on the concept of an observant lodge? Okay, because that's on the earlier stuff.
2: Um, Because there's some of the guys that are down, because, you know, I'm down in southwestern Washington State where the observant stuff is kind of, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's leaning more up towards north up there where Dave and Matt are. And down here, we're just trying to keep a lodge going lodge as opposed to like an observant lodge where we're trying to do with the stuff like what has been demonstrated in the previous episodes and in earlier chapters of the book. Um, we, It's tough. We're just trying to get new guys in, trying to open up a lodge. Um, Do you want to expound a little bit more specifically, Steve, on this?
3: Well, when, we talk, when they talk about the observant lodge and they, they talk about, you know, everybody being focused on, you know, being – well-dressed on doing Mm -hmm. their ritual work to perfection on, Mm -hmm. um, uh, holding themselves to the higher standards in everything they do in launch. Right. Well, my thought is that if we are more worried about just bringing the numbers in so we can get the numbers and then focus on it, we've spent all that time teaching these guys about, uh, more lackadaisical approach to lodge, if you will, and not being focused on uh, still the importance of uh, doing ritual work to a particular standard to, um, you know, like, for example, you know, you, you end up when, when we, when we were doing that type of focus on just working on getting numbers, building the guys, you get guys working on their prove ups and, and they say, "Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't really have to have it perfect because I just say word, and somebody tells me the, the next line I got to remember or, or or repeat, right? You know, and that's what they experienced in their degree because the lodge wasn't focused on doing things to a certain standard. So
2: this can go two routes because um, I'm a member of three lodges. The one behind me is my home lodge. To where? We got a new guy that came in and uh, his classmate got him in. He was a master Mason already. And so they were trying to prove him up, but he was only about a third of the way. And he said, well, that's all as far as I can go. And his other guy said, well, hey, do you think that's good enough for him to get his next degree? And I and I got up and I said, I had to be judicious and diplomatic on how I said, basically said no, um, that we got to do like what you said. Um, he's on the right path. He needs to keep going. Um, this is not and the other guy, well, but he tried. Look at he got to this, this far. And I said, if he got this far, we'll wait a new few more months. Let's keep going. We can get it the rest of the way. If he's made this much of an effort, he needs to keep going. So now my other lodgings and trial. So these guys come in, they 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 expect, they 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 figure that we're going to be observant, that we're going to be demanding excellence. So that I like that because then these guys say, what do I need to do? What do I need to do right? How do I want to do? I don't want to cheat anybody. I don't want to cheat my grandfather. I don't want to cheat the brothers before me. How do I do this right? And I like that because then it brings out who I really want to be. This is what you need to do. This is a time frame. Don't worry about it. This is what you need to do. And if you do it, we can move you forward. And that bring that brings up my game because you know it's kind of like we can all fall into that trap but when you got guys there that they're saying, Hey, I want to be excellent. It's like, good. And that's really encouraging for me. So, and we're trying to get that kind of going with all the lodges that I'm active in. Things are turning around. We need to ramp it up. So, yeah. So I, I see where you're coming from and that that's where we are, at least on my section of the state.
1: You think that even the smaller lodges or the more rural lodges that those guys currently the ones that are joining are because of the current culture, but those that may come in that don't know anything about the culture, if you get a lead off the internet or someone knocks on your door and doesn't know any of the guys in the lodge, I'd be curious to see the difference in the new members for, of those that are sort of recruited from friends and people they know from the community versus someone that comes in cold and thinks of what freemasonry might be and then he sees what it is happening in that lodge in a, in a smaller rural lodge and thinks oh this is not what i thought masonry was going to be and but then maybe there's nobody knocking at the door either i don't know specifically about that i haven't done any research but i i would imagine that there's a difference and i, I see it even in our own lodge that there is a difference in the guys that come in many times through sphere of influence and you can kind of tell oh yeah they're very similar they you know and maybe they're a little more social and not quite as observant <laughs> I, I think I mean, steve's coming about the high quality dress and high quality ritual yes those are natural aspects but the last part of your sentence steve was i think the most accurate it comes from the chapter two the first paragraph he says careful attention, what is observance? Careful attention to and practice of what might be considered the essential tenets of the discipline, the effort to do everything involved with the discipline that's as correctly as possible to the best of your ability. I think that really sums up observances. And then you can apply that to the different elements of what we consider craft masonry. Yeah. What What's the expectation? We expect that to look nice. Does that mean that every lodge has to be a tuxedo lodge? No. Does that mean every lodge has to be perfect lodge in the ritual? It doesn't have to be, but it should be. They should be striving towards that, right?
2: Yeah, making that effort. Because, um, yeah, because well, like with my it's a rural lodge We've got about three dozen members, town fifteen hundred, and these guys come in and um, and it's more of just that kind of that small town, small little atmosphere, and uh, and it's it's kind of more amalgamated kind of thing, and it's more welcoming. In a way, because it's kind of like a small family kind of situation, and uh, whereas the larger lodge in Centralia, um, those inquirers come in. The older ones they know they understand that you're going to have a variance of uh, personalities, whereas the younger guys may be a little bit overwhelmed by the variance of personalities. So, just as us, so and they, but I think that would apply to any fraternal organization,
3: actually.
1: Yeah, do you think there's yeah. too much? go ahead Caesar. oh sorry go ahead
3: <clears throat> that's okay yeah no i i uh, i do recognize that you know the smaller lodges do struggle more that way um but i think that you know the the setting those expectations um to the seekers before they come in um that's that's where it all starts right and then you follow up with a good mentorship program and that way, like, for example, we have a, a mentorship program very active in our lodge. So when a, a seeker comes in and goes through the experience and is looking at doing the uh, prove up, um, we've got a coach that works with him. And mm-hmm. um, prior to him coming to prove up in lodge, he does a practice prove up with uh, a past master um, and the coach usually so that we have a real good idea whether or not this guy is actually proficient enough to do that. And not only just repeat it, but to understand what he's saying. Like, ever since we've incorporated this um, method um, and had a really good coach, almost every single one of our guys proven up, it's like he wrote that prove up, right? Right. And it makes the biggest difference, I believe. Right. So yeah,
2: that's that's one of the things that we're kind of in a teething process in my home watch, the rural watch in Tonino, where you have that. Well, we have an idea of what we need to be what needs to be done, but a lot of new guys. You got some guys that it's kind of clumsy right now, but they really want to make it. They really want to make it better. They want to improve on it. And so you get some of these guys coming in from the Olympia lodges up in Olympia, Washington, or they come up from the Centralia area and uh, invite them and they learn from them. So we're moving forward. We're not excellent yet, but we're working on it. And
1: I,
0: I think that all of us, hopefully, hopefully all masons are working on their lodges and themselves to, to get a little closer to excellent. But, um, some of us have a little further to go than others. Um, uh, <laughs> um with that said i i clayton thank you very much for for being here on the on the show uh we'd like to have you back for if you're do you have time you can stay for we can record a second episode or
2: hey i have i have all the time that you need yes
0: oh <laughs> you'll be sorry you said that um not sure. so, <laughs> so uh with that we'll i tune in for our next episode where we'll continue our interview with clayton uh but For now, on behalf of uh, David and Jared and Stephen and myself uh, and our special guest, Clayton here, thank you all very much for listening to the Working Tools Podcast, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Goodbye.